discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Welcome to church. You may take your seats in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Wow, it's a blessing, isn't it? It's always a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, this evening we're going to do a question and answer session. Hallelujah. Do you like question and answers? All right. It's always an opportunity to get to know the Lord of God on another level altogether. If you want to hear um, and learn a lot of things within a very short time, then you should be listening to um, Ask the Arthur Messages. We've done so many questions and answers over the years, and we've answered so many questions. So many. I'm sure we, we, we might have answered more than 500 questions by now. More, probably more than. Yes, so many questions. And there's a very... Um, wonderful way of getting to know the word of God in a very fast way, you know, fast and easy way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit always um, makes it very easy for us to understand when we ask a question. We call it ask the utter because in our minds you are asking the Holy Spirit a question and the Holy Spirit is here to answer that question. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So if there's any question on your heart, you are at liberty to ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, please ask your question. Thank you, Daddy. Um, I want to ask how to walk in the miraculous on a, on a daily basis. How to? To walk in the, in the miraculous on a daily basis. Like, it should be a life. To walk in the miraculous in what? On a daily basis. Or on a daily a basis. Lifestyle, yeah. Not that you experience it like once in a while or something. Uh, what is your definition of the miraculous? What, what do you mean? As in, um, let's see, sometimes... Someone says I'm sick. May pray for the person, but it won't. Like, how are you? The person will be like, oh, it's still there. But like, maybe once in a while you may pray for the person, and the person will be like, oh, I'm fine. But another time, like, but how can it happen on like a regular basis, or maybe it can't happen? Like, something like that. Yeah. Hallelujah. In Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, the fact that you prayed for somebody and it didn't work. Immediately, it does not mean that it didn't work. And it doesn't mean you weren't working in the miraculous. In fact, the life that you have received, the life of God in you, is supernatural. And hence, immediately you become born again, you are brought into a supernatural life. Please, you understand. Uh, you are born of the Spirit, and hence, you are of the Spirit. And that in itself is supernatural. So the very life that you live, your daily breath is a miracle. 
is supernatural. Hallelujah. Now, there are different types. You see, the, um, the wisdom of God is very interesting. And it is something that we all need to um, develop in with time. For instance, Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda. Have you heard of, heard of the pool of Bethesda before? And when he got to the pool of Bethesda, you know, the pool of Bethesda was a rendezvous of broken lives. It was a center for gathering people who were sick. There were hundreds of people who were sick there. Don't you think he should have prayed for everybody? What do you think? He went over all of them one by one. He was going over all of them one by one until he got to this man who did not even have faith to be healed. He asked the man, do you want to be well? The man said, I have no man to help me when the water is dead. Just when I'm about to step inside, another person steps inside before me. And I've been here for 38 long years without any change. No faith. And Jesus healed him. Can you imagine? So how come he didn't heal the others? Because, you see, walking in the miraculous does not mean that um, every day, wherever you go, whoever you pray for, instantly you see a miracle. It's, it's all about walking in the wisdom of God. Okay? Per time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's just like our development, our spiritual growth. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. Ephesians 2, 20. You know, sometimes in your development as a child of God, you realize that you are hooked on prayer. Have you ever experienced it before? It's very easy to pray. When you start praying, Nando shkile aratini glato, fele glosha, pale glishe. You can go one hour very easily. Has it happened to you before? Yeah. Or you can go 30 minutes very easily. Like, you are just moved to pray. That is the movement. Say it's a movement. It's a movement. <laughs> you are just moved to pray. Then, at other times, you realize that you, you can't even pray for five minutes. They're speaking in tongues now. It's like you have to even struggle to mumble it up. 30 seconds and then it is done. The prayer is not praying at all. It's not coming. But you notice that it's like you are worshipping. Worship is becoming something that you are enjoying. Hallelujah. This song, So Will I. The one that black guy sang. Uh-huh. I, I, I think I played it for two weeks continuous. Two weeks continuous. Like when I hear the song, I'm just moved. I'll just start worshipping, praying, something. After two weeks I left, I don't even remember how the song even <laughs> goes like. Hallelujah. Then you'll be realized you are hooked on to something else. Sometimes you realize that you are into messages. You can soak the message. Like you are you are you are socometer. You are into soakings. Have you seen some before? Yeah. yeah. It's very easy to listen to the messages. You're just listening, 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 listening. Then Buhanatiko. Then you are into the word. When you open the Bible, it's like the Bible is saying, eat me, 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 eat me. You're just eating the thing. Huh. He says, let me, I'm going, I want to show you why it is like that. 
and why you always have difficulty when you want to keep to the old one, the old move. Sometimes worship is coming, but you want you you still you like the prayer. It's like the prayer makes you feel that you are very serious. You are a very serious Christian. Worship does not make you feel you are a very serious Christian. Like the prayer, no. Oh, the prayer is more It's like because of the way you do your face when you are praying. Like you feel in the spirit, you are really choking some some demons. You are settling some issues. He says, and I built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Next verse, verse 22. In whom ye also. Say, in whom ye also. Point to your neighbor and say, in whom ye also. You're talking about Christ. It's in whom, in Christ also, ye. Eh, in, in Christ, ye also are builded together for an unhabit, habitation of God. Through the Spirit, you are being built, okay, as an habitation of God, or as a living tabernacle of God, through the Spirit. So it is the Holy Spirit who is actually doing the construction of your life, of your spiritual life. He is responsible for your spiritual growth and your spiritual development. Are you seeing it? And just like a contractor will call for water for building, it's not every day that the, you need cement on site. To build a building. Okay, we are building something in Accra. Today, there was no need for cement. It's just iron rods and carpentry work. So it's wood, nails, and iron that is required. No need for cement. We've not spoken about cement, we've not spoken about sand, we've not spoken about quarry dust or stones. None of those things. But there's a time coming when that will be needed. Are you understanding? So, in building your life, the Holy Spirit requires different things at different times. And it depends on what he calls for. That is why he moves you. All these things are there. You are moved to do them. Have you realized that you are moved to them? It's not, it's not something you desire. You are just moved to do them. Your job is to learn to respond to the movements of the spirit. To know what exactly he wants you to do per time. There are some aspects of our development that are routine. For instance, you must develop an attitude of having a quiet time every morning. Do you understand? Where you read your Bible, you pray, it's routine. You write something, the Holy Spirit will speak to you, you write something down. Praise the Lord. That is there. <laughs> we are not doubting. I'm talking, I'm talking about your day, your week, your month, how the month will look like. Please, you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, depending on what the Holy Spirit calls for, just supply. Your job, you are the supplier of the materials. So just supply. Probably at that time he needs music. Sometimes we think that music and worship is nothing. But music and worship is actually the means of being filled with the Spirit. All the major means of being filled with the Spirit. All these things are means of being filled with the Spirit. Do you see? Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to talk about the Word. Like you are into the Word. I love the word. I love the word. The more you talk about it, the more your desire. Whatever you talk about ends up stirring your desire. If you want to know, if you want to have desire for something, just talk about it more. Praise the Lord. If you talk about sports a lot, your desire for football will be very high. Your desire follows your speech. If you talk about sex a lot, 
you realize that your desires for sex is just just going like that. Have you realized? You are seeing it now. Uh-huh. What you talk about is what you you have you end up having desire for. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to you start talking about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Realize that it's like hey, you are your, your desire to have fellowship with the Spirit is becoming more and more and more. Now you do that in the morning, but you realize that throughout the day you have the Holy Ghost on your mind. Every now and then you just say thank you, Holy Spirit. You just allow the Spirit of God to lead you as He wants to lead you because He's the one constructing your life and it depends on what He wants at that particular moment for your life to go on. If you depend on Him, you'll be fine. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The difference between a child of God and a son of God is the leading of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you're a child. You do what you want. You do what you want. And that it characterizes most of our lives. So we, are, we end up forcing. That's why Christianity is bitter for most of us. It's not nice. Because at this particular point in time, the Holy Spirit wants you to be studying the word instead of praying. But you too, you like prayer. So you want to be, you, you are still hooked on to prayer. But he doesn't need prayer at that time. He needs the word. Okay. You realize that you go, he will lead you on the word for, for some time, a week or two or three, three weeks, or even one month, or even two months, you are on the word. You are, on the, you are documenting things, you are writing things, you are, hey, it's like you can even write a book. Then after some time, it will just cut, like that. Then you are just into worship. Yeah, you are just into worship. As you are moving in the day, you realize that your ears are plugged with some songs. Hail song is blasting you, it's like, you're on, you're on the moon. If the wind still obeys you, so will I. So will I. So will I. <laughs> After two weeks, you realize it will just vanish. This song. I use this song. Uh, um, There's no mountain you won't climb up. And we, I played it in my car. My wife would always say, There's no shadow you won't climb up. Then you climb up. She will laugh at me. God, web, web, I played it. I remember there was a day I was going to Accra. It was on repeat. I drove for three hours and it was, that was all. When I was coming back three hours, that was all. In Accra, the whole of my movement, that was it. Yes, I don't play no message, nothing. This is so nice. Yeah. So if you allow yourself, the Holy Spirit will lead you into a lot of beautiful things. Lots and lots of beautiful things that will make your life so beautiful instead of so mechanical, so like by force. Normally, when you are not going the way he wants you to go, then it becomes dry. You are very dry. Sometimes you, you books don't look attractive to me at all. I see Bishop Das book and I'm angry. Yeah, I see, I see church growth. I see good general. Ah, what is all this? What is all this good general thing? I'm just reading my Bible. My Bible is very attractive. Very, very attractive. Very nice. Reading Ephesians, Colossians, Thessalonians, all the Ephesians. I can just read the Ephesians right now. Enter Genesis and I'm just reading. I'm talking about during the day. During the day, like I can read. I can read 20 chapters. Me, I'm a pastor, so I have time. For such things, hallelujah. 
I can just be there reading. You see me, I'm praying. Hey, me, I'm pa. You see me up. I'm just praying. I'm just being moved to pray. Then after some time, Bishop Doug's books look like life. It looks like life. If I don't get it, I can't breathe. <gasps> I need this book. <gasps> I need this book. This morning when I woke up, as we were praying, as we were praying, the God brought a book to my mind. As soon as we finished praying, I said, where is this book? They said they can't find it. I was like, oh, I thought I gave that book to, back to you. I was being let to read, Wise as Serpents. Yes, Wise as Serpents. Yes. So sometimes a book, something in a book will be my quiet time in the morning. Yes. This, so when I couldn't find Wise as Serpents, I was led to another book. I had to find a Bishop Das book, uh, Bishop Oedipo's book, uh, Not by Might. And I, write, I read uh, The Spirit of Guidance. It's a lot of, it's a whole book on its own. I read the whole thing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Same with, so this is how to work in the supernatural. To work in the supernatural means to be, allow yourself to be led by the Spirit as to what He wants done at what time. Haven't you heard where it says that, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse, verse 22. On that day, many shall say unto me, Lord, Lord. Many say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? They prophesied. And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And I'll say unto them, and then I, will I profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So it's not about super, that's walking as supernatural or walking as miracles does not necessarily mean miracles every day. When you come, hey, receive it, nah, 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 nah. No, it doesn't mean that. Do you understand? There were days when Jesus was just teaching. That's what he was led to do. And the power of God was present to heal. He didn't touch anybody. He was just teaching. And as he was teaching, evil spirits were leaving people. He could have said, out! I'm the son of God. <laughs> out now! But Jesus walked with the spirit. Jesus walked with the wisdom. Walking with the spirit is walking with the wisdom of God. You understand? So just learning to respond to the movements of the spirit. That's basically it. That's what it means to walk in the supernatural and walk in the miraculous. Okay? And uh, it is what I've just told you and said to you is the single most important thing in life and in ministry. If you understand what I've said now, you have it made. And if you decide that I'm going to allow my life to be moved by the Holy Ghost... You are, you'll be very fine. You'll be surprised. You will not desire things you're not supposed to desire. You will not go to places you're not supposed to go. Because it is not every open door that is an open door from the Lord. It's not every open door that is an open door from the Lord. Yeah. Are you understanding? Uh-huh. So that's, that's, what, that's what it means to walk in the miraculous. Sometimes you lay hands on someone, you pray for the person, nothing happens. God, will, the Holy Spirit will want to check your heart and see what you will say and what you will do and how you react to the seeming failure because he's raising you he's raising you he's raising you remember jesus had to grow in wisdom in stature isn't it uh, you grow in wisdom you grow as to what the spirit of god would desire desires for you to do spiritual growth is learning to respond to the holy spirit in love that is it okay mm-hmm. So if someone, if you pray for someone, a person gets healed or not, your reputation is not on the line. It is God whose reputation is on the line. You are just working for all. 
Do you have any reputation to keep? Uh, you don't have a, we don't have, don't have any reputation to keep. It's the Lord's whatever. So whatever he desires, it's fine. We love it. Hallelujah. I'll answer the question. Great. Any other question? It's question and answer day. All right. Our brother's son is up. Thank you, Pastor. Yes. Welcome. Uh, please, when Apostle came here, uh, I remember the last time, the last day, uh, no, the second day rather, he talked about diligence in the world. Yeah. Where he was giving us a practical approach where we can follow to really study God's work. Yeah. But a place that I'm not really clear with is that he gave a certain scenario of a young boy whose father asked him to fetch water in a basket. A small boy whose father asked him to do it? Uh, use a basket to fetch water. Uh-huh. And he came back, the basket couldn't contain the yeah. water, it was wet. Where he was explaining that the cleansing effect is very necessary. So now I want to ask, uh, my question is that, when I'm approaching the Bible, what mindset do I have to have? Is it, should I go with that? I'm going to study to, sh- to uh, like show myself approved. Like, I want to study to show myself approved unto God. Or like, uh, the cleansing effect that comes with God's word, the washing and becoming perfect. Or also, the aspect that has to do with the memorization too. Where does the balance come in? That, that, and that's exactly what I'm saying now. What I just said. Okay. Now, he taught you. He taught, you can take your seat. He taught the word. And gave us a lot of things that the word of God does to you as you are studying it. You understand? Uh-huh. Now, you, you shouldn't approach the word to... Approach the word to find God. And to get to know more about God. That's, that's it. The word has its own... Inherent abilities, only inherent power that uh, it to ex- to exercise on you. Okay, the word has its own effect, but you don't go looking for the effect. You go looking for the word. The word is the person, Christ. That's all you look for. So look to get to know the Lord some more, and the Lord will work on your heart. The word will work, or the Lord will work because the Lord is the word. It will work on your heart. And work on you and cleanse you okay and uh, help you study to show yourself approved and help you set yourself on the right course in life basically okay uh-huh. but you should you should want to know about what it is that you believe what do you think I'm never think about what I think what I'm saying is important you should want to know about what you believe how come you don't know about what you believe you must know about what you believe. So there's nothing wrong with one reading the Bible with that mindset that I want to. I just want to know what God has said. And that's, that's, that's it. Just get to know what God has said. What did Jesus do? What, who is Jesus? What did he come to do? Because you may be born again and you don't know, you don't know Jesus. You don't really know who, who you believed in. Hallelujah. You don't really know much about Jesus. So just approach the word of God with the mindset of wanting to know the Lord. And the word of God will have that kind of effect on you. The various effects it can have on you. Okay. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse, verse 6. Colossians 1 6. He was, let's read the Amplified. He was talking about the, the word of God or the gospel. Okay. So he says, which has come to you indeed in the whole world. That gospel. Talking about the gospel, the word of God. He says that gospel is bearing fruit and still is growing by its own inherent power. Have you seen it? 
It says it's still growing by its own inherent power, even as it has done among yourselves, ever since the day you first heard it, heard and came to know and understand the grace of him, of God in truth. Have you seen it? So the word of God has its own inherent power that works. That's, that's how the word of God is. The word of God is a seed. Every seed has potential, its own potential in there. That's what the word of God is described as seed. So the most important thing you must engage yourself in is ensuring that it is sown in your heart. Do you understand? Ensuring that it's sown in your heart. By reading it and thinking about it. And that is what meditation is all about. Okay, so you read it. Well, I want to get to know the Lord. I don't read the Bible because I want to have something to come and tell you. Emphatically not. I don't read the Bible to want to come and tell you. Not because of knowledge. We don't seek knowledge. Okay? <laughs> because knowledge is not, it's not knowledge that is, is important. It is life that is important. The life of the word is what is most important. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Seek the life because the knowledge will not do much for you. Look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1. Look at 1 Corinthians 8 1. Yes, now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. It says when it comes to food offered unto things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge because he had taught it in the church. He says we all, we all know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge, however, perfect up, but love edifieth. Have you seen it? It says, knowledge what? Perfect up. If you, if you get into, let's read the Amplified. If you, get, if you engage the word of God with, I want to get to the knowledge, like, so I can quote some scriptures, you will make a mistake. Many have approached it like that and have had problems. You make a mistake. Approach it with a mindset that I want to know my Lord. I want to fall in love with him some more. The more you know about somebody, the more you fall in love with the person. Or you don't know. Yeah. How many of you know that the more you know about somebody, the more you love the person? How many of you have such testimonies? Yeah. The more you know, the more you love. Uh-huh. The more you know, the more you fall in love. The less you know. Because you don't know much about the person. You don't know much about it. How many of you care about uh, Ecobank boss? Who is he? You don't even know him. Who is he? Why should you be? You can work there and not care about him. I worked in Fidelity Bank for some time. I didn't care about the bosses. I cared about my pay. <laughs> yes, when the pay comes, hey, it has ringed. You should see bankers running for pay. We don't care about, about our bosses. We are passing through. They are using us. We are also using them. Everybody's using everybody. Yeah, but... If you were close to the Barclays boss and you knew him and you knew what he, what, he, what he thought, I mean, you would not easily get out of Barclays. You have some loyalty towards the person. You have some emotions towards the person. And hence, you would want to please the person. That's how it is. Okay? There's now about food offered to idols. Of course, we know that all of us possess knowledge concerning these matters. Yet mere knowledge causes people to be puffed up, to bear themselves loftily and be proud. But love, affection, and goodwill, and benevolence edifies and builds up and encourages one to grow to his full stature. Have you seen it? Next verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 2. If anyone imagines that he has come to know and understand much of divine things. hmm? He says, if anyone imagines that he has come to know and understand much of divine things without love. Because knowing about divine things is supposed to bring you more into love. 
So if you know about a lot of divine things without love, you have made a very big mistake. He does not yet perceive and recognize and understand as strongly and clearly, nor has he become as intimately acquainted with anything as he ought or is necessary. You don't really know what you think you know. If you know without love, the more you know the word, the more you fall in love with the Lord. That's how, that is the natural thing. Not the more you know the word, the more puffed up you become, the more proud you become, the more... So don't approach the word of God with the mindset, of, I'm going to cram this thing. I'm going to cram it. Colossians 1-2. Colossians 1-2. Colossians 1-2. You realize that you don't even remember. You have mental constipation. Sharp. You say John 3-16. Oh, Napo. That's what you will say. Hallelujah. Yet there are those who also remember the scriptures. Yet the, the, there's no life. When they are talking, there's no life. There's no experience. Do you see? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I'm the life. You can't encounter the way. Encounter the truth without the life. Neither can you encounter the life. Without encountering the way and the truth. Because all of them are one. And Jesus is that person is that word. Jesus is the word. The word is a person. So you should want to get to know the person rather than just get to know what has been said. To approach the word of God with a mindset of getting to know your Lord. Falling in love with your Lord. That is a secret. Okay? And at the long run you realize that you know so much. You'll be surprised when you are talking. When you are sharing the word of God, you'll be surprised at what will come out of you. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. Like, hey, I know all these things. I never knew I knew all these things. Yeah. That's how I have grown. And gotten to where I'm, I am. I'm not, I've not finished growing. I'm still growing. Yeah. So you must, you must have a great desire to want to know about your Lord. I mean, I want to know about my Lord some more. I don't know him much. More of you. More of you. More of you. Jesus, more of more, more of you, more of you, more of you, Jesus, more of, I want more of you, Jesus, I want more of you, Jesus. The more I know you, the more I want to know you, Jesus, more of you. Because Christianity is not a bunch of knowledge. Christianity is about getting to know someone, the love of your life. In Jesus' name. Have I answered you? Great. Yeah, you had a question, right? Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome, my dear. So my question is, how do you practically pick up grace to stop doing something? That's my first question. How do you practically to pick up grace to stop doing something? You don't. That you don't like. Yes. And um, my number two. two question. Pastor, I want to start as um, how... Um, you talk to the Holy Spirit, let's say um, you, want to, you don't want to do something and it's coming to you, you just have to talk to be plain, 
to the Holy Spirit, you talk to him about what you are going through. And in learning how to depend on the Holy Spirit, you told us to talk to the Holy Spirit about everything and nothing. So I want to know where the fellowshipping comes in, like how you fellowship it, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Is it through that or like, let's say you are listening to songs and praying or reading your Bible. If is that, then how do you talk to him like in, in that process? I don't know if you understand. Hallelujah. All that you've said is true. Fellowship and, uh, encapsulates all of that. Okay, Fellowship goes from through the word, through prayer, through a normal chat. Yeah, any of them. Any of them. Any, at any time, at any point. You see, how, when we say fellowship, what, what does it mean? It means friendship. Fellowship means friendship. Have you, do you have a friend? Have you had a friend in your life? Do you talk to your friend about anything and everything? Do you talk to your friend about serious matters? Are you sure? You talk to your friend about serious matters as much as you would about not so serious matters. Are you saying it? Uh huh. So, um, fellowship with the Holy Spirit has to do with studying the Word because the Word of God, you see, there's, the, the Spirit of God has a language. Okay? Say the Holy Spirit has a language. Huh. The, the language of the Holy Spirit is His Word, the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 and 3, 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 3. God who at certain times and in diverse manners spoken in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. He says in, the, in time past was speaking to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world. It's okay, verse 2 is okay. He says, he has in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Now, if you read the ASV, you will see that the word by is also translated in. The word by can be translated as, as the word is E-N, N. It, it can be translated as by, as in, as through. Okay? Or with. So the ASV says, has at the end of these days spoken unto us in. The word his there is in brackets, meaning that if you are reading your Bible and you see anything in brackets, Apart from Amplified, any other Bible, if you are reading it and you see something in brackets, what it means is that it is not in the original translation. They put it there for it to make sense, to read the way they want, they felt it should have read. They were wise enough to put it there to let you know that oh, we put it there to read this way, but probably that's not how it reads. So it depends on you who is reading it at that time. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the word his is not actually there. In the original. Sometimes you see it in italics. You read some Bibles, some sponsor Bibles, you realize that they write some words in italics. Do you know italics? Uh-huh. I just want to be sure. Like that. They write this. Every other one is bold, but then that one is in italics. Okay? Uh, that means that the one in italics is not in the original. They put it there. So, it says, has at the end of these days spoken unto us in son. So, it's supposed to read in son, not in his son. He has spoken to us in son. Whom he appointed of all things, through whom also he made the world. He, he has spoken unto us in son. Now, it looks like tautology, isn't it? How can he speak to us in son? What are you talking about? 
But is it tautology if I say to you that when we went for lectures today, the lecturer taught us in French? Is it tautology? The lecturer spoke to us in French. It's not tautology, it's correct, right? Because French is a language. So in this particular place, what he's trying to let you know is that Jesus is the language of God now that he uses. So God is speaking, the language God is speaking in now is son. In the, he's speaking the language of his son. Because if you, read, if you read Revelation chapter 1 from verse 16, Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. Eh? I am the beginning of the alphabet and I'm the end of the alphabet. Revelation 1 11, saying, I am Alpha and Omega. This is Jesus talking. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and last. Eh? The word Alpha and Omega is, he's talking about the beginning of the alphabet to the end of the alphabet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so he, he is the language of God because he is the word of God. So sometimes some people say, well, when, I talk, when I talk to God, God does not talk back to me because you don't know the language he's using. He's talking, but you can't hear. He's speaking to you, but you don't know the language. So if I speak ever right now, you may not be able to understand because you, you've not, you, your mind has not been trained to understand ever. If I speak Guan, Right now, do you ate? Oyo balia, me You don't understand. I'm. Speak- it's a language that exists. Who understands what I just said? Anybody? There's no. Who? Little. Do you ate? Oyo bale. Nice. So I just asked her, "How are you?" She said, "I'm fine." It's a language human beings understand, but you don't understand even though you're a human being because you're you're bereft because your mind. <laughs> Your mind has not been trained to understand it. Same thing. You can be a child of God, but your mind has not been trained to understand God, to hear God. I hear. Uh-huh. So, the first thing you need to do in your fellowship with the Lord, if you want your fellowship with the Lord to be sweet, you must want to get to know his word. So, start off. Let's say if you are starting today, you don't know the Holy Spirit, you are starting today to want to know him. Just start off with the word. Open your Bible and ask him, show me what you want me to understand today. You'll be surprised. You'll be shocked that he will tell you, open to Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, and read it. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Then he starts. You need to be meek in your life. You need to be humble and gentle, self-controlled. Uh-huh. So he starts talking to you there. Because it's safe. It's a safe ground. Because if you are not careful, you start saying that the Holy Spirit told me to go and jump a cliff. The Holy Spirit told me to braid my hair. The Holy Spirit told me to unbraid my hair. The Holy Spirit told me to do mohawk. The Holy Spirit told me to PS5. Yes, that's what you will say with time. Uh-huh. So to be safe, you start from the word. Because the word of God is the language of God. As he starts talking to you through his word, then he will start talking to you on every other aspect of your life. So that you'll be safe. That is when you will not, you will stop saying that every time you come, the Spirit of God spoke to me. Every time the Spirit of God spoke to me. The Spirit of, it's not, it's something else. The Spirit of God told me to go and we be. Oh, we've had some before. The Spirit of God told me to leave church. Haven't you seen this one before? I've been a pastor for a long time. I know what I'm talking about. 
That's why God told me to start listening to this mysterious man. Before long, you are listening to some wild things because Holy Ghost, fire. Holy Ghost is talking to you. But it's not actually Holy Ghost. It's something else because you didn't start off from the Word. Okay? Uh So fellowship with the Spirit starts off with the Word. Then it can move on. It's just like meeting. If you meet somebody for the first time, you don't start talking about bedroom stuff. Or, hey, what what type of besties do you have? No, I'm talking about lady to lady. Lady to lady to lady. You met, you just met. You are now befriending a person. And the first question you ask is, how what, how's your what's what's your bra size? What panty color are you wearing? Ah, we just met. How can you ask me about bra and panty? You are a lesbian. You are a lesbian. So your lady is supposed to be a friend, but she will tell you, don't come close to me again. But with time, with time, you realize that you don't even ask for it. They tell you. Charlie, it's like my, my boobs are becoming bigger. Right now, my size has changed from, from 2, 3C to 3D. I noticed so. <laughs> I noticed. I bought some before, so I know. Like, it's bigger. I'm married. What, do you, what are you talking I'm married. I have to buy some. Why you marry? You buy all kinds of things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't say some of those things. But with time, you realize that the friendship is so powerful, it's so secured, it's so nice. You can go into various aspects. Yeah. There are ladies who have, married ladies who have friends who can sit in their bedroom. They are friends. Can sit in their bedroom and everything is fine. Their husband is there, they are sitting in their bedroom. Because they are friends. Hey, some, some of us will not do that, but some people do that. Yeah. So it's like that. You start from a certain place. You see, we just met. We are now, we are just going to be doing introduction. Oh, my name is Flora. What's your name? My name is Adele. Where do you stay? Oh, I stay at where? K5. Where do you also stay? Oh, me, I'm at Brunei. Okay. Nice. So when, when can I come and visit you? I just want to come and visit you and then we'll just talk. Then we do those. It's, it's simple. It's not complex. Yeah, you don't have expectations. You are not supposed to have extra expectations from the friendship. Do you understand? Same thing with the Holy Spirit. Don't start expecting wondrous things immediately. All of a sudden, you want to start expecting that you talk to you about your hair. No, relax. Don't about relax. Let's start off from the word. Don't be in a hurry. Let's start off from the word. Let's go in the word. Gradually, gradually, gradually. Before long, you realize that he's commenting about your hair. When you do a certain hairstyle, he'll tell you that, Charlie. Your hair style in your head, it doesn't go. When you do this one, it's nicer. Have you had some before, some of the ladies? The Holy Spirit just tell you, oh, this hairstyle, sister, it's not nice at all. The last time when you did it, all the souls you could have won ran away from you. But when they see you like, hey, who be this? Yes. So gradually, you, you increase from there, okay? And then it can get into all those things. Uh, what you were mentioning, Concerning it. What did you even say? Talking to him about anything and everything. It gradually moves into that. But initially it doesn't start on that level. It shouldn't actually. Yes. Or else, the Bible says, there are, it may be, many kinds of voices. Pastor, I just wanted to add yes, something. Please, to please, please, yes, please, please. Add it now. Yes. So, all I wanted to say is that it's, um, like you, Pastor is saying, you have to start with the word. And what I wanted to say was, <laughs> When you said, um, where, where should I read? And you hear him. I, I wanted to comment on, don't be looking for a hearing. Yeah. 
Basically, that's what I wanted to say. Okay, just start off by reading the word. Like I'll say that, um, make time for God. It starts with the making of the time. Okay, so you have to make time. You have to schedule that. Okay, um, I'm making an hour in the morning. I wake up early, depending on your schedule. Okay, maybe five to six is God's time. Okay, and in that time, that, that is the, the first step. You have to make that time. And then you start, read your word, you speak in tongues, you whatever. You, you worship. It's God's time. And that is, it's, it's like, um, I have um, an appointment with you at this particular time. So it's me and you. Okay. So as time goes on, you realize that it becomes deeper, it becomes richer because this is a time that I've set apart for God. And then you, you realize that, like Pastor said, the relationship becomes deeper and richer. And we encourage the word because he said there are lots of voices. So I wanted to comment on, don't be waiting to hear some, <laughs> a voice say that go to Matthew, I would pref- you can start reading in here, but I would prefer that you get to know about Jesus, so you can start with the Gospels. Okay, as you read, I'm not looking for any revelation or anything like that. Pastor has said all that. I'm not looking for any hidden messages beneath anywhere or anything of the sort. Just read, get to know what is in the Word of God. And that is how it starts, you understand? So it's a process. You don't get from class one to class six in a day or something. It's a whole lifelong process. Christianity is a whole lifelong process. And you keep going and keep going and keep going till you die. That doesn't mean that you just relax and say that it's a lifelong process, so I'm relaxing. Well, if you relax at class one for 10 years, you still be at class one for 10 years. That is how it is. You understand? So it's one, you set your time and then you do the thing, just reading your Bible, praying, worshipping. That whole thing in itself is fellowship. And then there's a time that as time goes on, you, you just begin to... Prayer is talking to God anyway. It's not in specific vocabulary. So you telling God what's on your heart is a kind of prayer. You understand? And then as the relationship matures, you begin to know when God speaks to you. And it may, the audible voice is not the first thing that he does. He starts to speak to you through the word. That you have to know the word, otherwise you will not know how God speaks. That is why Pastor is saying that you have to know the word. I just wanted to comment on one thing, you know, that I was being taught. That the word of God is our life. If you're a Christian and you don't know the word, you can't exist. Because like Pastor showed us in the word, that is the language of God. If you are a Christian, you must know the word by default. There's no other way you can hear God speak to you if you don't know the word of God. Otherwise, you pick up so many familiar spirits. You understand? So the word of God is our number one book, the Bible. So we have to read the word of God. The memorization and everything, some people are good at it, some people are not good at it. But as time goes on, when you when you begin to, when you decide to get to know God, the, the, the words jump at you, you think about it, it stays with you. So it's not more about, I can quote 100 scriptures, so I can quote 50. It is not a, a badge of achievement or anything like that. It is your life, you understand. So every Christian, by default, must know the word of God. Otherwise, you are lost. It's like you are a non-starter. 
Do you understand? Yes, you hear the word of God in the preaching, but you have to read it and know it for yourself. Otherwise, God can't speak to you. And if God speaks, you also won't hear. You understand? So that is one of the ways. That, that is a basic that you can't skip over to get any other thing. You understand? The word of God is the center of everything. So you actually have to get to know it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's it. Yeah. There are various means. The word, the inward, inward witness, uh, audible voice, you know. Uh, normally, Ken Hagen will tell you, audible voice, it says you hear audible voice when there are challenging times ahead. So when God speaks to him audibly. When I said you will hear God say, the Holy Spirit say to you, I was actually, in my mind, I was saying that the inward, I was talking about the inward witness in my mind. I didn't realize I'd spoken, I'd said a voice. Uh-huh. Because if you are going to depend on a voice, audible voice. How many of you have heard audibly? Do you know audible voice? Audible voice is hearing in your tympanic membrane. That one is just like I'm talking, you're hearing. You can hear audibly. Okay? Audibly. I don't know how many of you have had that experience since you became born again. But you've had that since you became born again. Very few people have had that. It's so rare. It's No, it's not something you live your life on. But the inward witness, if you read in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, he says that the spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Okay? Romans 8, 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Okay, so the spirit, that's the inward witness. But God, the Holy Spirit bears witness with you. You just know that this is what I'm supposed to do. You just know that this is where I'm supposed to go. Hallelujah. All right, so the second, I don't know if we've answered you for the first one. Have we? Great. So the, the first one was, uh, how do you actively or practically take grace to overcome a problem? Isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, the last one, I, even, I thought it here. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, 15, and 16. Let's look at it. Hebrews 4, 14. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. The word profession is confession. It says, let us hold fast. So it starts off by letting you know that. You must hold fast your confession. Your confession of what? Your confession of what God has said concerning you. Your confession of what you are. Are said by God because everything around you will tell you the opposite. Your mind will tell you the opposite. Your circumstances will tell you the opposite. Your conditions will tell you the opposite. Remember, the world is designed to go against God. That is how the world is designed. So immediately you start to, Christianity is like uh, trying to swim against the tide. Normally you have to f- swim with the tide. There's a course of this world, but we are swimming against the course of this world. Are you hearing me? Uh huh. So he says, Let us, seeing that we have a great high priest, there's someone in, in the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, who is on our, on our behalf. He says, Let us hold fast our confession or our profession. Next verse. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, when Jesus was here on earth, he felt what you are feeling. He says, but was in all points tempted like us we are, yet without sin. All points. All, say all points. all points. So whatever it is that you're feeling, 
What are your feelings? Ask anybody, what are your feelings? What are you feeling? What is it that you are feeling that you realize that this one is an evil feeling? Ask your neighbor, which one is an evil feeling that you have been feeling? Your neighbor is not talking to you. Your neighbor is respecting you. The feelings are serious. The Bible says that Jesus was, was, Jesus, he was, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling. That's what Hebrews says. Hebrews talks about the high priest who has feelings. Yes. Go to chapter 2. Go to chapter 2. Let's read uh, from the last four verses of chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, last four verses. It's very nice. It says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Say flesh and blood. Yes. All your problems are always in the flesh and in the blood. You know, the Bible calls Satan the serpent, isn't it? And when God cares, he says that dust, dust, you shall eat dust. You shall go on dust and you shall, dust shall be your food. Guess what? Man is also made up of dust. So man has become the food of the devil. <laughs> That is why your, your feelings, like your flesh can just lead you to do things that... Never trust your feelings or never trust your flesh. Your flesh is very tricky. Tell me, but don't trust your flesh. Don't be in any nice conversation with your flesh. Don't treat your flesh like it is a very nice something. When I say your flesh, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, your desires. Don't think that your desires are always the desires of God. Sometimes you realize that your, your desire, that what you are desiring is very foolish. You just want to have sex. Even though you know it's illegal. <laughs> you know it's illegal. But you are thinking about it. You are being moved towards it. The way you are quiet, it's like I don't know what I'm talking about. You realize like it's a strong... Like what is all on this? It's actually not you. It's not you. It's the flesh. Okay? That has joined together with the world and with, with Satan. That is trying to pull you away along a certain line. To miss your destiny, basically. It's called the war of the flesh against the spirit. Even though our flesh has been crucified with Christ. You realize that the flesh can still, you can just decide to do some things. So you must enforce the word of God. That's why it says... You must hold fast our confession. Okay? He's come to talk about grace, yet he starts by talking about the fact that, listen, you must hold fast your confession. For we have not an high priest. Go back to chapter 2, what, what we're reading. For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, Jesus also himself, likewise took part of the sin, so that he might destroy death, that he, that he through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the, evil, the devil. Next verse. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I read this on Sunday, isn't it? For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. He didn't take on him the... Angels don't have flesh that tempts them. They don't have the... The problems you have, they don't have... When you have, they're like, hey, brah. Everything okay? They don't know what you're talking about. They can't feel what you're feeling. They don't think what you're thinking. For verily he took not on, on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Flesh. Next verse. Wherefore, in all things. Say in all things. In all things. 
it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren. Let's read. Is it behoved near the other? No, you are bereft of the information. Let's read Bibi. Because of this, it was necessary for him to be made like to his brothers in every way. Every way, so that he might be a high priest full of mercy and keeping faith in everything to do with God, making offerings for the sins of the people. For having been put to the test himself, he is able to give help to others when they are tested. Have you seen this? Have you seen this one? He says he's able to give help. The word give help is grace. Because he has been tempted with all the things that you are being tempted with. Have you seen bottoms before? Bottoms that are shaking like as the bottoms are going like, man, Jesus, where is all this? Or betting is just like you are into betting. You have done better when you see betting. Then your flesh is just like you are your last one CD. Instead of buying food to eat, you bet and fast. Or clubbing. You see, you don't miss what you don't know. I've been asking you this question. How many of you miss uh, Chisanyama and Pap? Pap and Chisanyama. How many of you miss it? Do you know what it is? It's a South African food. Pap looks like banku. Chisanyama is meat. They have they, they roast in a certain way. It's very nice. They like it pan over there. But because you have not tasted it before, you don't you don't miss it. Have you seen? How many of you miss banku and tilapia with green pepper and tomatoes chopped on? Very nice. There's some banku and tilapia going to the pan. You should taste it. It's not expensive. Just pass by and go and taste it. It's very nice. When you eat it, you understand banquet tilapia. You have real understanding of banquet tilapia. Yeah. Oh, how many of you miss fufu and a punching cracker? The goat that has fat under the skin. There's fat, small fat under the skin. In between the skin and the... Have you seen what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's very nice. The, the one that the appenpim is smelling on. How many of you miss fried rice with grilled chicken? You know it, so you miss it. Are you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. What you don't know, you don't miss. If you've never drank alcohol before, you don't know what it is. When you see someone who's hooked on alcohol, you wonder, ah, are you mad? Like a Guinness, you knew me now, no me. This Guinness that you are drinking like that, what are you talking about? You, you sorry? You don't even understand. You don't know what you don't know what beer, beer, beer. The one crop. Hey, you don't you don't understand beer. You don't understand uh, uh, martini and those things. I mean, when you see martini, you think it's just a, it's nothing. But those who have been drinking it, when they see it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then something's doing that. Recently, recently I was driving uh, with some, some church people around Achimota, Achimota uh, Township itself, inside. 
and we passed through a certain place. There was a small beer bar. Four guys were around it. Early in the morning, this is like, uh, early, it was afternoon, around uh, 1 p.m. And they were drinking uh, a certain bitters. Bo-ke-ke. Were you there? Were you there with me? It's a new bitters that has come. Bo-ke-ke bitters. Oh, tell a young guy, so afternoon, afternoon, hot afternoon. They were sitting by like three bottles, four guys, and they were just changing those things, pal. And they were drinking the poke. I was like, man, poke. Look at even the name of the bitters, poke. Do you understand poke? It's a gun word. Who understands it? What does it mean? Fuck it all. Poke. Poke like, hmm. Like nothing's happening for you, so you let me just hide. Pokeke. And you are drinking pokeke like oh, I was so shocked. One day I was going to I was coming to church. At that time I used to live at Boko Estates. Church was at the cabin. Coming out, I, I used to leave the house very early, 6:30, I was out of the house. By 6:35, I was on my junction. There was this beer bar at the junction. 6:35 a.m. This guy had gone to wake the woman up. And he was drunk even when he was waking the woman up. But he needed more something to top up to energize him. So he just went, they gave him a thought. Woke the woman up, they gave him a thought. And when he drank it, he did this. Ah! He came out, came to speak. I said, ah, Obishel. Who is forcing you? Nobody is forcing But because his flesh knows it. Me, I don't know what it means to miss alcohol. I don't know what it means to miss smoking. I don't know it. I don't know what it means, means to miss a club. I don't go to club. I don't know. But when you start going, uh, you realize that, hey, when you are there, you realize that you've been your own and then you'll be hearing boom, 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 boom. Your, your body will just be moving boom, 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 boom. You are bouncing that boom, boom. Towards the club. Hey! So try as much as possible to be innocent. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah, don't, don't, you see, they are different fathers. They are fathers of vices. That someone taught you how to have sex. Someone taught you how to watch porn. You didn't know those things. You weren't born watching porn. Uh-huh. But you, someone taught you. That there's someone who teaches. There are people who teach things. Uh-huh. Someone taught you to date older men. It's your father's size. Yeah, it's not normal. But you, someone taught you. Uh-huh. Those who don't know it, they don't know it. Those who know it, they know it. Someone taught you to, to, to smoke weed. It was, it was taught. So try. When you see that this guy has capacity to teach me things. Like this guy can just teach me something. I beg. Go your way. Let me go my way. You are better off. Yeah, not knowing some things. Are you understanding? Or else you'll be surprised. It's always difficult. Always difficult. When you start it, it's like, ish. Ish. It becomes a sin that so easily besets you. So he says, for having been put to been put to the test himself, he is able to give help to others when they are tested. So in the moment of your testing, you should know that someone too has felt what you are feeling now. And the job of that person is to provide help for you at your time. Of need, it is right on the time of your need, not later, not after or before, right on the time of your need. 
right on the time when you are feeling like that, when your feeling is going to clash with the action and do what you want to do, right at that time, there's grace. There's someone called Jesus who is sitting in the heavenly places and in you, ready to provide help, and he's providing it at that particular time. Are you understanding? So just when you are being moved to smoke, like at that same time, there's grace. For having been put to the test himself, he is able to help, to give help to others when they are tested. When? So he is provided. That's what the provision there. It is coming. The Bible says that God is able to keep you from falling. He is able to keep you from falling. Able. I understanding? Right there on the spot. That is why when you decide that I, it's a decision. Have you realized it's a decision that you make at each point in time in your life? You actually make a decision to either go with this or go with that. Have you ever watched a movie where someone is sitting down trying to make a decision an angel appears on the right and then a devil appears on the left and they are talking and there's a decision being made. It's so true, it happens every time. Every time. Or it doesn't, you, it doesn't happen to you. If it doesn't happen to you, then there's a problem. You need to be prayed for. But it happens to you. Maybe you don't acknowledge the other one at all. You don't acknowledge God's own at all. You acknowledge it when, after you're finished, when you finish, you're like, God. So, how do you know that? Yeah. But right on the spot there and then, there's grace, there's help. So jump to, okay, this is Jude 124. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Have you seen it? He's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. Faultless, without fault. Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So Jesus is ready to help. Don't think that your flesh is more powerful than Jesus. No, I mean, and that is the deception. The deception is that this particular thing is too strong. Grace is stronger than that one. Much more. Grace is much more wilder than whatever it is that you are feeling. I hope you understand. So if you go to the one, Hebrews chapter 4, verse, uh, we're reading verse 15 now. Let's go to verse 15. For we have not... For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like us we are, yet without sin. So he was tempted yet without sin. He succeeded in jumping over every one of the troubles, every one of the movements of the flesh. Okay? And he is there to provide answers and windows and doors to the seeming trap that you are in. Because he's been there before, he knows the windows to jump through, he knows the doors to jump through, he knows everything. And he is there to help you. Just receive the help by saying, I decide not to go along this side. I won't go along this line. No. That's what Pastor Ivan said that. You can just say that, no. All you need to do is to say no. And Ghanaians have difficulty in saying no. You must be able to say no. Say no and let me see. Learn how to say no. Yes, you say to the devil, no. Yesterday we were listening to a message on uh, uh, TV and... uh, uh, Jesse Duplantis was preaching and he mentioned what uh, one of Kenny Copeland's uh, granddaughters taught him. You must be willing, as a daughter, you must be willing to learn at any point in time in your life. He says they were driving somewhere one day and Kenny Copeland's daughter was sitting at the back seat 
And she said, what did she say? Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. Then they all turned around like, ah, what's, what is it that, why are you telling the devil to shut up? Then he said, oh, the devil told, just told me to break my brother's legs. As a child, the devil spoke to her that she should break the brother's legs. So she responded by saying, shut up, devil. You two should be able to say, shut up, devil. You know when the devil is talking to you. Yeah. Don't you know the devil's voice? Yeah. It's clear, it's clear. It's very clear. You don't miss it. It just steams up with your flesh. Charlie, tonight. <laughs> and you know the move. He says tonight, and you know the move. You know what he's talking about. You understand. You understand the movement. You, you know, it's a movement, you know. Hallelujah. But was in all points tempted like us, we are yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly. Come boldly unto the throne of grace. Hmm? Onto the throne of grace. So he's, Jesus is there are different thrones in heaven that God sets on. Now he's sitting on the throne of grace. He's also known as the mercy seat. Distributing grace. He's here to help. The King James in the Hebrew chapter 2 he says he's able to secure or help. Give help. And find grace. He says that we may come boldly onto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. In time of need, the amplifier says, Help at the right time, well timed help. Go to the amplifier. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor. For to, to us in us, you see that phrase to us in us, you should understand it. Okay, that we may receive mercy for our failures. So if you went through that thing, receive mercy. If at that time you didn't receive grace and you, you went through it. After, receive mercy. Because you see, there are consequences for the foolish thing that you did. That is the truth. The reason why you have not had HIV till now is because God has been defending, the mercy of God has been defending you. Because the last guy you slept with had HIV. Ah, but God, God helped you. Or the next two that you are going to sleep with, has, the, the, the person has HIV. The next two. You are just two steps away. The mercy of God is just keep. Say mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Oh, I said say mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Mercy. Yeah, you, need, you need mercy. He says, mercy for our failures and grace. So grace comes and find grace to help in good time for every need. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. So just when the thing is happening, there's grace for you. Always be aware that there's grace for me to say no. God is here to help me to say no and to move on the other side of whatever it is that I'm being tempted to do. Always know that. You always know that that thing is present. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. And when you go along the line of grace and allow grace to help you, you get a reward for what you didn't do. Always remember that you always get a reward for saying no. God will honor you. You just made your life easier. You just learned how to say no to your flesh along a certain line. And you have started teaching your flesh that you are in charge of him. And he is not in charge of you. And with time, he will be you completely. The fact that you found grace for now does not mean, see that, it doesn't mean that it is finished. That that thing will never come again. That is the mistake that we always make. 
you have made a mistake. The next day, that thing will come again. Or even the next moment, it will come again. When it comes, find grace to help in time of your need. Like that. So grace, you ask for grace there. He says, how much more did we receive abundance of grace? It's in abundance, and you must receive it continuously in order to be able to function. In Jesus' name. Yes, talk to us. Just wanted to add something small. Matthew chapter 4, um, verse 4. Okay, so this was when <clears throat> the devil was tempting Jesus, okay? For Jesus to be tempted, that means there was something that he could be tempted with. Do you understand? You can't be tempted with something that you don't like. Okay, so all these things, he had just fasted 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. You understand? He was hungry. He said, um, he answered and said, it's, it's written. Okay, let's go to um, three. Let's read from verse one. Okay. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil to. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. So he was hungry. And, the, and when the tempter came to me, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. He is the son of God and he can command the stones to be made bread, isn't it? He said, but he answered and said, it is written. I want us to take notice of the, the it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Five. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and seated him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in thy hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then eight. Again, the devil taketh him into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. He said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. 11. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So in Luke, you realize that it said the devil left him for a season. Okay? So when you look at this, Jesus countered the devil with the word. He knew the word, and every temptation that he went through is something that he could actually be tempted. He was a son of God. He could turn the, bread, the stone into bread. You know, he had so much power that he could prove that if I leave myself, angels will come and pick me. That's what, when you have power, that's why you have to be humble and know who you are under. Because if you have power, there's also that tendency to show off, isn't it? Yes. So that was like the second um, temptation. And then he said, he looked, um, she took him to a pinnacle. All this is mine. If you just bow down to me, I'll give it to you. you know, so it's like power and show off. Show your power. You're the son of God. You need to rule. You, know, you need to show up that you have power. You know, you have to, basically, if you look at the temptation, it's, it's a temptation with regard to who Jesus is and what he can do. Because all these things he could have done. You understand? That was why it was a temptation. And one thing he did was that he spoke the devil had quoted scriptures also. So the devil can quote scriptures out of context. 
the way people can say that um, you know you know the way people take scriptures out of context and use it to justify their wrongdoings that is how the devil works he uses the scripture okay but you must also know this you must also know the scripture well and that depends on the, your, your, your relationship you knowing the, the bible in its context not just knowing patchy patchy things the last time we were listening to um, um, a video on um, uh, YouTube, right? He was saying some really, 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 really interesting things. He was just adding the Bible like body and PC, just all over the place. Said Jesus died 2,200 years ago. Like, you know, he da- look, if you don't know the Bible, eh, anybody can say anything because you don't know. You say, oh, hmm. And the people were sitting there saying, oh, they are poor, they are okay. They don't know. They don't know because Jesus didn't die 2,200 years ago. It's not even 2,000 years yet, actually, since Jesus died. He died at AD 33 or something. AD 33, I mean, AD 2019. So AD 33 is actually going to be 2,000 years since Jesus died. Okay? AD 2000 is the year Jesus, 2,000 years since Jesus was born. You understand? So if you don't know the word, and we teach you a lot of things, actually. We teach you so much. Now, you, if you don't know the word, you don't... So, like, like we are saying, you, apart from picking up base, there's going to be a time where you have to actually counter with the word of God. That time we are talking about Romans, um, um, is it chapter 6 or so? We were talking about how sin had do, no dominion over you, so those has that you you have to know those scriptures. You have to you have to read the Bible. You have to, it doesn't have any dominion over you, okay. And I'm sure subsequently the pastor is going to teach us about the blood of Jesus and the power behind the blood. When you understand the power behind the blood, my goodness, you know that the devil has absolutely no right. He has no right whatsoever to even come close to you. So you believe what he says because you have no idea what Jesus has done. What he has paid for. He paid fully for your sins, whatever, and took you out of the kingdom. He didn't just pay for it so that you, you mess up. He paid for it and took you out from the kingdom, from the power of darkness. The, his power, he took you out and brought you into his son, the kingdom of his son. Are, so right now, as you sit here, you are in God's kingdom right now. You are surrounded by angels. You are surrounded by all the the witnesses who are before you, by God himself and everything, that's, that's where you stand. So as you, you walk around, you are not in, in the devil's camp anymore. Anytime, any day. Anytime, any day. So when you understand, and he took you from the power, okay, not just from the kingdom, his power, his authority to control you, his authority to tell you what to do. So, that, so when you know this, so if a thought comes to you and says that, you are lying. You don't have power over me anymore. It's been settled already. You don't have, get away. You get it. Then you know what you are talking about. Now, when the thought comes, that means you have no idea what is happening. Okay, it's a fight of your faith, and the devil is just stubborn. Basically, that's what he is. So you say it and say, because he'll come back to tempt you to see whether you know what you know. Or you are just surface, or 
That is basically the thing. He doesn't want to let you go. Even though now you are not even in his camp, he still wants to clamp you down. That is his whole agenda. You are not in his camp, but he still wants to derail you. He still wants to prevent you from progress. So the whole thing about, I'm, I'm born again, but still I'm going to, is because the devil is, one, you are ignorant of what you have gotten. Two, the devil is just trying to delay your progress in life or just halt your progress. But you have moved. He doesn't have that right. He doesn't have that power. God has given you all the power to say no. All the power to say, get thee behind me. All the power. But if you don't know your Bible, how will you know? Do you understand? So you have to search it. You have to search it. You have to desire that. I, I want to know what has happened to me. I want to know Jesus. Because it's bigger than any other nonsense that is happening. No matter how big the sin is, the blood of Jesus has conquered it. It doesn't have any power. But when you don't know it and you don't understand it, you think that the devil is bigger than, than God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. So you had a question as well. Yes. Ask a question, please. Have we answered you? I think we've given you more than an answer. Yes. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Pastor, please, life. Um, what's in John 5? What happened at Bethesda? Does that mean that there are particular times for healings and solutions to circumstances in life? Because there were many people there, but God went to him, and he has been there for long. So I want to know if there are times for healings and maybe like answers to some problems in life. All right. Someone, someone texted me about this particular thing some time ago. And uh, the answer is yes and no. Um, Yes, because there are seasons with God. Okay? Obviously, the sons of Issachar knew the seasons and the timings of God. There are seasons and times when God is doing something. Huh. But there are other things that are not subject to the timings and the seasons of God. For instance, the healing anointing cannot be conjured by a minister. I can't conjure the healing anointing. I can't conjure prophecy, the gift of prophecy. I can't conjure the gift of um, word of knowledge or word of wisdom. If you read in 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about the gifts, okay? The nine gifts of the, of the Spirit. And he talks about how that God gives it for the profit of all. And there are diversities of blah, blah, blah. But, says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Next verse. Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Then says to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the same self, the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will, as the Holy Ghost wills. We can't ask the Holy Spirit about his will concerning, I mean, why did you do this? Why did you do it like that? Why didn't you let the spirit of healing, uh, gifts of healing show up at this time? We can't do that. Okay? Uh -huh. And I can't, I can't explain to you why um, someone, like some, there was an, a particular manifestation did not show up at a particular time. I can't do that for you. However, the, the reason why I said yes and no 
is because there's another aspect where the word of God is provided for us and we can act on faith in the word. So I can minister to you in faith through the word. And I'm expected to get a result through faith in the word. Okay? I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm making any... For instance, if I call out a healing line and I'm ministering to everybody one by one, there are two ways I could minister to everybody. The first way is that I can minister by the gifts of healings, which is dependent on the movement of the Holy Spirit. He can choose to move or he can choose not to move. I don't, I can't force him and I can't do what I want to do or else I'll enter another spirit. That is why there are a lot of prophets who are working with familiar spirits without knowing. Because they want to prophesy, change, change. Whether, one guy said that, listen, if God does not move, I will move. He was going for a meeting. When he went to the meeting, he saw the people like, ah, easy. If God does not move, I will move. And God did not move, and he moved. Yes, because you can, you can enter into all kinds of things. Yeah. So the prophecy is not coming. You know, but you are forcing yourself. I see this. And you will see too. You will hear too. And you will minister too. And you will be right. But none of it is from God. It's just like Moses and the rock. When Moses stood before the rock, the first time God told him, strike the rock and it will bring forth water. He did. Water came out. The second time God told him, speak to the rock. God didn't want him to have a method. Striking the rock. But Moses was used to striking the rock. And he was angry with the children of Israel. So when he got there, he struck the rock the second time. The water came out. Water came out of the rock. But God was not happy with him because he didn't do what God wanted him to do. He moved when God had not moved. But he had the answer. And God was not happy with him. And God denied him of the land of Canaan because of that particular thing. Because the Bible says that he didn't sanctify him before the people. When you, because he didn't know that the rock was Christ. If you strike Christ once, you don't strike him again. It's like crucifying Christ afresh again. The first one meant he had crucified Christ. The next one, you were supposed to talk to Christ. That's all. I hope you understand. Uh-huh. So there's that aspect where there are times and seasons with God where some things are in God's power that you can't question. That one is there. However, there, there's another side that God has provided for us through his word, through faith in his word. For instance, if you read in Acts chapter 3, the healing in Acts chapter 3 was by faith in the name of Jesus. That God, the guy, healed. Go to Acts chapter 3. Let's examine it briefly. Okay, your question is very detailed. But I'll try to summarize it for you. Okay? Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. They saw a man who was impotent in his feet. He had been impotent in his feet for years. For many, many years. Jesus had passed by that particular place many times when he was alive. But he never healed this man. But when he, when Peter and John got there. The guy asked them for money. So then Peter turned and said to him, Silver and good have I none, but such as I have given I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And look at the next verse. And he took him by the, the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Next verse. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Next verse. And they knew that it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Next verse. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. 
And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. So Peter's answer lets us know how he worked it. How it happened. Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Next verse. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered up, and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye deny the Holy One of, and the just, and desire the murderer to be granted unto you. Next verse. And kill the prince of life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Next verse. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So Peter healed the man on the basis of his faith. And on the basis of his knowledge of the name of the Son of God. On the name of Jesus. The authority he knows that name carries. And with that, with these two, the name of Jesus and faith in the word. We can do anything and everything. Do you understand? Huh. But there are things I can't see which ones I can't pinpoint and say this one is in the power of God, this one is in, in faith. But if you function along the lines of faith, you will get your result equally. Hallelujah. I don't know if someone wants to help us. Can Hagen mention something? Uh, can Hagen is referred to because he really worked with the Spirit and had a lot of very interesting manifestations of the Spirit during his lifetime. He passed on 2003. Now, there was a day uh, he was ministering. And that day, there were so many sick people there. The first line that came, he felt the healing anointing come upon him. Understand what I mean? The power to heal. There's a power to heal. No matter the sickness, who, if you touch the person, the person will be healed. It is there. The fact that you have not felt it before does not mean it's not there. It is there. The closer you get to God, the more you wade into those things, and the more the Holy Spirit can trust you with the power. It's about trust Him, trusting you with the power. Because if He trusts you at a certain level, you will destroy you will destroy your own life. I hope you understand. So He was. He said, "It just He just felt the power come upon Him, and He touched. So when He felt that He touched a lot of people at once, quickly, very quickly, within fifteen minutes." Anybody and everybody touched got healed. But after the 15 minutes, the power lifted. He felt that the thing leave. It's not there anymore. So the next batch of people, he ministered to them by faith in the name of Jesus. So he spends time, lays hands on you, stays there and prays for you. In the name of Jesus. And they also equally had their healing. But their means of ministering were different. The, you can say the word of God concerning those who are supposed to heal had ended at a point. That's what you can say. But it is not true. Because when he went on to heal, to pray for people by faith in the name of Jesus, he had the healing taking place. So it was the will of God for them to be healed as well. Are you getting it? But in the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God you cannot explain. God does his things in his own ways. We can't explain that side. However... I've showed you. Please come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. There's another side I also wanted to point out, um, especially in your personal life. Um, God also has seasons and timings for you. And 
he has things that he has planned and kind of predestinated for you to walk through. So as um, what Daddy was talking about first, concern being conscious of the Holy Spirit, being conscious of the things he leads you to do per time, Some, most often lands you in what he wants you to do. And it even has to do with your, your physical location sometimes. So sometimes it can be, maybe there's someone going through something and then in a meeting, sometimes you can even know about the thing. It can be a certain sickness someone has. And you are going to pray for the person, but it's as though God wants you to wait. Then there's a day, maybe as you are preaching, you just hear that, okay, now minister to this person. Do you understand? But so as you walk in the spirit, it helps you, it helps you stay uh, and kind of prepare yourself to be at where God wants you to be per time. Because uh, the, the timings also work like that. So sometimes maybe someone can be going through something and you know about it. But as you are going to talk to the person, you sense a certain kind of restriction. Because I, I feel it has to do with preparation as well. So, so sometimes God wants the person to prepare him or herself in a certain sense. Then at a certain point, you notice that God is almost as though a window is open. Okay, now you can address this. And then when you go and you talk to the person or pray for the person or address the issue, you notice that you get the most results out of it. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is why you must make sure, this, for this particular reason, you must make sure every time you are in tandem with the Spirit because you could easily miss something. Okay? Sometimes a meeting, you can miss a meeting and that is, that is the end of a certain aspect of your life. Until after 20 years. Let me show you an example. Acts chapter 16 of what we are talking about now. Acts chapter 16. How many of you know that God wants everybody to be saved? God wants the gospel to go everywhere, isn't it? Okay. Let's read from verse 6. Acts 16 from verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the gospel, to, to preach the word in Asia. They were forbidden of the Holy Spirit not to preach the word in Asia. Doesn't God want to the whole world to receive the word. How can we prevent them from going to Asia? Because in his wisdom, they are not supposed to go to Asia. So he keeps them, don't go to Asia. But he doesn't tell them where to go. Because as to where to go, you can go anywhere. We have to preach the gospel to the ends of the world. But when you sense a resistance, and you, 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 you would know with time, as you walk with God, you would know restrictions. You are not supposed to. I, was, I could have stayed in Accra. In fact, I wanted to stay in Accra. I really wanted to stay in Accra. But my life was here in Kumasi, so I had to move from Accra to Kumasi. My prosperity was here. Couldn't, my, couldn't God have prospered in Accra, me in Accra? Is God powerless to prosper in Accra? No. He has prospered many people in Accra, but in his will, in his mind, in his wisdom, I'm supposed to be in Kumasi. My prosperity is linked to Kumasi for a certain period. I'm supposed to stay here for a time. My time is ending. When I finish, I'm going. Then my time somewhere will end. Then I'll go to somewhere else. Like that. That's how it works. I hope you understand. Look at the next verse. After they were come to meet Mycenae, they are said to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. So when they came out of, they, they tried to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit, suffered, the Spirit said, no, don't go there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they passing by Mycenae came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. 
there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over unto Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to go to preach, for to preach the gospel unto them. So they went to Macedonia. And the Macedonian church became a very big church. Yes, so in your movement, if you don't receive any resistance, fine. But if you receive a, resist- a resistance, just move. And the resistance can, can come by so many means. Closing of doors, all kinds of things. There were places Paul was supposed to preach in, but he didn't know he was supposed to preach there. It took shipwrecks for him to go to those places. On his way to Rome, they, were, they had shipwrecked. They ended up on Malta, on the island of Malta. He preached there. Many people got, gave their lives to Christ, including the governor there. Many people got healed and all that. The gospel went there. Then they moved to Rome. I sing it. So the power of God, don't limit God to a box like, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be. No. There are, seasons, there are times and seasons with God along certain lines. When it comes to healing, uh, healing the, 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 the word, I mean, there are things clearly written by his tribes were healed. It's clearly written there. And we can enforce that scripture in every single situation and expect to have a change and we'll have a change. It may be immediate or it may be a process. Makes no difference. Recovery is part of it. Some are immediate, some are a recovery process. Makes no difference. I hope you understand. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have we explained it to you well? Yes. So try not to miss God. That is why you must, today I made us pray about divine guidance because you can easily miss God. So there are seasons, there are times. If you don't, if you are not careful, you will live an ordinary life. No, none of us have been created for an ordinary life. Everybody has been created for an extraordinary life, a great life, because we are the seed of Abraham. We have been called unto greatness. Every child of God, not some, every child of God. But because of aswading and because of insensitivity to the Lord, and because we are wallowing in problems, that is why you must make an effort to come out of the foolishness. Like Pastor Ivan was saying, make an effort. Don't say that, oh, I, I, God, I'm on this level, that's it, I'm here. No, you are missing what you are missing you don't know about. You are missing your husband, your actual husband. You are missing him. I'm telling you. There's a husband designed by God for you. I'm, if you think I'm lying, be there. My wife could have missed me. Sharp. Oh, yes, sharp. You can ask her. I could have also missed her. Sharp. If, if I had not come to Kumasi, I wouldn't have seen her. She lives in Accra. Her parents are in Accra. All of me, my, all my people are in Accra. Her people are in Accra. It is here that we were supposed to meet, and here that we're supposed to come together and marry and live and be happy together. You can marry a cantankerous woman because of your foolishness and your delay. You are delaying so many things. That is why we pray. This is the reason why we pray, so that we we'll be in tandem with God, not be ahead of God, not be behind of God. Uh-huh. So. Um, there are general rules that apply on a certain level, but as you go, they are different. It's not, it's not the same. And you have to be smart to not miss what God has designed for you, or else you miss it. Or else you miss it. Do you think if I had not met him at the time I met him, he would be here? He would not be sitting here. He would not be married to this lady. He would not be here caring about you, crying on you, and all that. If he had done national service in Akka, that would have been the end. You wouldn't have been here. He had enough wisdom not to go to Akka, but to stay. Yeah. That is why he can become something in the future. If you can just miss, sharp, you can just miss the will of God very easily, very, very, very easily. That is why we speak in tongues. If you see me praying, I pray because I don't want to miss. I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to be guided continuously. Hallelujah.
It's very important. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Evan, you wanted to say something? Yes, I just wanted to add that most of the, of the time, the devil will bring a seemingly very good opportunity to compete with the will of God. It's always very nice and rosy. Just before. Just before. Just before God's own comes. All the time. That is how come people miss it a lot. Because they fall for that temptation. Rather, you understand, than the will of God just right next to it. It comes with boyfriends, it comes with jobs, whether to stay or not to stay, it comes all across. So you have to be very careful and you have to be sensitive. Otherwise, you will be derailed and the rest of your life will be non-scoring. It will be non-scoring and you will be surprised. You understand? Yes. So I just wanted to add Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have you seen people who 10 years earlier, 10 years ago, were doing very well? Lovely, wonderful people. They had glory on them. They had a certain countenance and all that. Then, 10 years later, you see them and they are off. You can literally see it on their faces that there's a very big problem. Have you seen some before? Yeah. Just, this, just this morning, I, I, was, I was somewhere in town and I saw a man you know, sitting, selling. I'm just wondering, like, did he miss the will of God for his life? What, what, what was it? Because you can easily miss it. You can easily miss it. So you have to be very, 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 very smart. That is why we fast even though nobody's telling us to fast. That is why we pray even though nobody's telling us to pray because we know. We know. On your way to glory, there are many opportunities to derail you. So be smart. Okay? In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So you had a question as well? Yes. Ask a question, please. The question was concerning familiarity. Like, at which point do you draw the, family, the line of familiarity? Like, um, for example, Daniel is my, my direct elder, and he gives me instructions and follow, I respond to his instructions, but probably outside of church, maybe he asks you to do something on a... Like, we're also friends on, on another side, so he asks you to do something on that part, and then I decline from doing it. Is it like the disrespect? Is it like, do I take it that it's a disrespect to my elder in that sense, or is it a different issue when it comes to that matter? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There are people who live in my house. They cook for me sometimes. They wash my clothes sometimes. They do all kinds of things for me sometimes. You know, they respect me. They are, I'm their pastor. Yet on a normal level, they are serving me because they are aware that the anointing that's not only is not only upon my life in church, but outside of church, wherever I am, it's still there. And if you serve, you can get something. You get it. Uh-huh. So if you serve, you are better off seeing your leader as this is my leader. No matter what, let me just flow with him or her and be happy. Serve for something good to follow me. Immediately you start differentiating. Oh, at this time we are not a year anymore. Even in our jokes, your temptation is when your pastor, or your leader, or whoever becomes normal with you. That is your temptation. Your wisdom is to you have to have, be wise to know that it's not it's not ended. I have to be smart, even in these times. It's called behaving yourself wisely. That's why David behaved himself wisely in Saul's house. He was in Saul's house, he was in Saul's problems, but he still respected him as master and lord. Okay? Yeah, so, in order not to be familiar, see your leader as your leader across 
throughout every aspect of your life and you'll do well when you if you're a lady and you marry a pastor you must know that he's your pastor throughout so that you will not make the mistake of, of thinking that he's nothing because he made some mistakes with you on a normal day he won't make mistakes with you on a normal day it's a great temptation so it's not everybody who can marry a pastor it's not everybody who can marry a pastor it's a great temptation you can just blast and become an evil woman because you married a pastor you understand uh-huh. so the counseling for people who marry pastors are different from the count of people who are marrying, marrying each other marrying normal people yeah, so that you'll be smart you will not just say things and do whatever you want to do do you get it uh-huh. so familiar familiarity is a killer it kills everything it kills the power of god upon the person's life that you could have had access to it kills the, the presence of god that you could have enjoyed it kills the wisdom of god that you could have enjoyed it kills everything so it's in your own interest to remain uh, loyal or remain the same irrespective of what condition it is and if you are if you are a leader you have to be smart to not give foolish instructions to your subordinates Fool, you know foolish instructions you are there 1 a.m you just call i feel like eating kelewele can you buy kelewele for me and bring to me meanwhile you are three kilometers away from his house what kind of nonsense is that i i, I hope you understand Ah, you are a bad leader. We have a meeting now. It's 2 a.m. Come right now. Every day we are having a meeting. Another person is writing an exam. What am I talking about? I mean, you are an evil leader. So, my, if I'm your subordinate, I'll still subordinate under you. But God will punish you and remove you with time. Like he killed Saul. So, leaders can be killed as well. Shala Balala. Yes, ask your question. Thank you, Pastor. Yes. Pastor, please. I was listening to a message. The one we we're asked to listen to. It was about this the sins that is the besides yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. And Pastor, I wanted to say I wanted to ask us. You said we can like we have to do it like with violence and something so yeah. that some things can stop. Yeah. But Pastor. Oh yeah, cross still. Yes, the Pastor. Still. But like <laughs> the thing is the thing is coming. You go out, you go and pray, you come, it's there. Like Pastor, the thing is not so. I wanted to ask that. Can you give some of some examples, like some some violent things you can do to stop some things? Like preach the gospel. The time you could have spent, you see, you should, you should let the devil know that you are smarter than he is. Today is what Wednesday. Okay, yesterday. Let's say yesterday. If yesterday you found yourself lying at 9 p.m. next week, Tuesday, 9 p.m., be preaching the gospel. <laughs> preach like you're mad. Do engage yourself in the Lord. That's the way for your violence is in engaging yourself in the Lord fully. Do you understand? If you come back and you do something, the same thing, don't worry. Carry yourself. Next week you will see. Or tomorrow you will see. You think you can do this and limit me. I'll even preach more. With time you will not you will not mind you again. You realize that, that that thing has left your life. You are too busy for him. That's one of the major things you can do. That will help you. Okay? Yeah. 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 It's important. Yeah. If you realize last week, Monday, at 8 p.m., you were in your room and you were masturbating. Next week, Monday, or the following day, Monday, the following Tuesday, 7 p.m., same time, you are preaching. Give your life to the Lord. Or you are talking to somebody about the Lord. Do something. The more you engage yourself in the Lord, the less time you have on your hand to do foolish things. 
As I go, ma. Rise up on your feet and let's bring the service to an end. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.